When you take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja, the tea party's over. Good to know that ancient Chinese medicine actually has legit drugs in it. <laughs> you know, if it's natural, it means it's it's not bad for you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, it's going to give me extra martial arts powers. That's what it's going to <laughs> No, that's the no sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too late for that. <laughs> too late for that. Too late. You can never reach your potential. <laughs> we should make a fucking movie and like uh, have super martial artists, but then he jerks off and he loses all his martial arts skills. <laughs> Uh, all right good evening and welcome to the asian action cast where we review recap the best and worst of hong kong and asian action cinema i'm your host sam and joining me tonight will be rachel hello and mikey hello hey welcome to another uh covert isolated jam here on the interwebs and uh everybody doing all right yeah pretty good now (laughs) surviving uh, it's only a cozy little three of us tonight um, because Nathan can't make it. Neither can Scott or Christian. All been taken by the uh, tuberculosis. <laughs> that consumption <laughs> every time. <laughs> the consumption. It'll take you, man. It's a time. It's a time. We're living in a pandemic. Um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll have to make do without him. And uh, tonight we watched a beautiful. I don't think we've done a, a tragic action film before this is a wushu tragic action film called the moon warrior which i think is 1992 is that right rachel uh i think so i think end of 90 yeah production values are pretty good but um because i think after the last film we were all like rachel more give us more more wushu (laughs) and you took a hard 90 degree turn because the last film we saw was like a, a silly wushu film uh, what was it called? It's the the Shaw Brothers one. Um, <laughs> Buddha's palm. Buddha's palm. That's right with Domeng, um, which was a silly, crazy, fun uh, action flick. And uh, and yeah, you came through again with another wushu film, but ninety degree turn, and we've gone into like tragic romantic action. I don't know. I dug this one out of YouTube, but Mike said he wanted to watch it, so I don't know. I- Great choice because, you know, <laughs> I think what I really like is to to find something unexpected and I totally did not expect this. <laughs> <laughs> I have, When I was watching it, I actually, I had that feeling, I, I don't know, I, I may have watched it very, very, very long time ago. It, it had familiar beats to me for some reason. So I think I've, I might have seen it a long time ago, but the main reason I wanted to watch it was because Samo directed it. And yeah, it's surprising. Directs, a good movie. I feel but like the f- whale is really familiar. I, don't know, <laughs> I can't think of many movies that have a whale in it. That was the Free bit Willy. that wasn't familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was more like it was more the, the the tragic love story thing, which is, I suppose, very common to a lot of movies. And I have seen a lot. It felt like I'd seen that bit of it. You know, the going to get the girl kind of coming back for some reason. But yeah. The, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I've never seen this film before. Um, I definitely would have remembered the bloody orca. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, like Andy Lau was not somebody like a martial artist that I was. 
following, I guess. Like I wasn't looking out every Andy Lau film. It was more kind of Jet Li, Jackie Chan, Jackie Chung to a lesser extent. So this kind of slipped by the wayside, I guess. It reminds me a lot of, um, I don't know if any of you have seen Butterfly and Sword with Tony Leung. Um, I think Donnie Yen's in yeah, it too. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. I think just, this yeah. was like, you remember back in the day, Chinatown video? Yeah. And um, I think it was it was probably um, when I started watching a, a bunch of them their stuff and this just happened to come out and I was just happened to be grabbing whatever came out on Chinatown and that's where I think I've watched it back then. But I don't remember the bloody whale being in it, which is <laughs> weird. Like, Did they it's, cut it out for of, you? <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, no, they usually didn't cut stuff out. So maybe I just blocked it out in my memory because it was so terrible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was terrible. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, we'll do a pitch this. So for people who haven't seen this film, don't know anything about it, uh, how would you encapsulate this film to excite somebody to watch it? Uh, we can start with anybody ready to go? Otherwise, I'll go. I can say something dumb. Yeah, go on, Rachel. Go on. Uh, have you seen my pet whale? Sorry, I can't get away from it. <laughs> Dude, where's my whale? Sweet. Dude. Dude. Yeah, right. That now is pretty good. I mean, if you're talking about wushu films, you're talking to somebody and going, "Hey, you like wushu films, man? You like martial arts? I got a great film. It's got a whale in it." And they'd be like, "What the fuck?" Uh, my pitch for this film would be, uh, you know, th- this would be, oh, what is it like Romeo and Juliet and an orca? <laughs> I mean, really, that that's I can't think of anything else except that whale. I mean, they bring everybody together. Um, I don't really have a great one, you know. Don't you know what not to do at Sea World? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't ride the whales at SeaWorld, man. Don't do it. That was the thing that like brought me out of it. You know, I, I like the idea of the whale. Just the Andy mucking around with the whale <laughs> brought brought me out. I was like, yeah, no, nah, Andy, sorry. I, I, I know you can turn the turn the girls on, but I don't know if you can turn yeah. a girl whale on. <laughs> oh, I reckon you could. Andy could turn on a girl whale. <laughs> I feel that there wasn't enough like um like back and forth with the villain maybe because it put this whole whale side story in but was, uh you mean what very the one dimensional wasn't he in hindsight thinking about the the actors right i kind of wanted kenny b to be andy lau's character i, I don't like know. him as the prince yeah i prefer andy as the aloof prince and kenny b as the world weary kind of farmer because kenny b has the age for it i thought and Andy Lau could probably pull off like I don't I don't believe that Andy Lau pulls off that naive humbleness of a farmer or a, a you know a fisherman, <laughs> um, but he could definitely pull off like an aloof prince. So I kind of felt like they were miscast, I guess. You know, like um, I mean, it's a, a a very much a a later movie, but it it very much like House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, like for me, dramatic like the, wushu, yeah, drama, yeah, very, comedy, very similar kind of type. Is is I don't know, Rachel, you might know more than more than me, but is unrequited love a staple of wushu? Like, does a wushu film, a dramatic wushu film, have to have, like, tragic love story? Is that part of it? Um, I mean, the main part is play, but I don't know. I, I'm Flying not an expert play? on it. I, it just uh, seems every wushu film I've seen that, that calls itself a serious wushu film has a tragic love story, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Butterfly and Sword this film you know like wushu is a tragic love story mm. I, I don't know i guess uh, it moves the plot 
and they can have a fight. I don't know. I get, maybe love gives you wings and you can fly in bamboo or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. <laughs> love gives you strings. Yeah. Yeah. Love gives you and you woo ping. Um, <laughs> what about our, our next session? I think we're going to talk about um, trivia. Rachel, you had some really great trivia for this film. <laughs> I really dug in the internet. Um, I really liked your Maggie Chewing trivia. Do you want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, that she was so busy that she was only there for two days, apparently. I, I need, I need citation, but I don't know. I guess being filming many things at once, I think that's when she's at a height of her popularity. She is very gorgeous. Because like, if you look at all the um, the posters, for the Western posters for this movie, she's on the poster. But I'm like, she's barely in the movie. And she... <laughs> oh, but I guess they cover it up because um, she's kind of incognito, right? Like she's wearing a mask and shit for a lot of it. And most well, no, of it apparently that wasn't even her. So when I was reading that same thing, it was saying, yeah, the bits with her face are her and she filmed them over two days. But the bits that we couldn't, like the ninja outfit and stuff, that yeah. was actually someone else. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I thought they even, were like a female double. Even for like when they had the mask on the face, I thought it definitely looked like somebody else. Yeah, I just assumed yeah. it was Chin Carlock for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could do it all. Because you know the bits when she's wearing that stupid hat that covers most of her face? Yeah. I assume, like I saw a couple of shots where the stunt double, and it's definitely a dude. Um, and I would just assume it was Chin Carlock because, I mean, what else is he doing in that film? He's got to get paid. Because <laughs> wasn't he in the beginning and then you actually see him and then does he get killed off? His character? Uh, no, I don't know if he gets killed off, but he's got he a, just disappears. Yeah, like, he's got a killer mustache. Uh, okay, but where'd he go? It's It was very funny. Like um, like they they kind of just sort of drifted to focus on the prince and and that was about it, like Prince and Philip and... And so for really anyone else, the bodyguards and everyone else just sort of drifted away like they didn't mean anything, which they technically don't. But, yeah, it, it was kind of strange. Mm. It sort of all fell to the wayside. But uh, I'll, I'll bring up this. <laughs> this was like, I think, um, for me, Maggie, Maggie was more of the love interest to me <laughs> than, than Anita, the Mooney character. Yeah. I, liked, <laughs> I thought Maggie was way hotter <laughs> for whatever reason. I was like, eh, yeah, if I was a prince. Yeah, well, not whatever for reason, for her. obvious reasons. She is hotter. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's yeah, true. more attractive. And are they the same age? Do you know? I, think um, I actually Rachel? checked. There's like a year's difference. I think Anita Moya is older than her by one year. No way. So they'd okay. be just under 30 at the time or something. Wow. Yeah. Well, Maggie yeah. Chung definitely was the it girl at the time. Yeah. Just uh, Some other trivia that uh, from the film is, this was in 1992, and some other really big films that came out were Jackie Chan's Super Cop, uh, Chow Yun-Fat's Hard Boiled, Jesus, Jackie also brought out Twin Dragons, um, Andy Lau was also in a lot of films. He was in uh, What a Hero. I, I spoke to you about that, Rachel. That's the one with uh, Anthony Wong. Full Contact, another film by Chow Yun-Fat. My God, there are so many films. So you're spoiled for choice. There weren't that Dragon Inn, New Dragon Gate Inn was also out. Seen that too, yeah. Yeah, Justice My Foot. Uh, I've never seen that. <laughs> That's a Stephen Chow comedy. Yeah, yeah. I assume it's like a ripoff of um, My Left Foot. Um, <laughs> oh, and also the Guinness Book of World Records at the time rated this film as the most popular film to date was Once Upon a Time in China 2, starring Jet Li and Donnie Yen. 
I assume it's because everyone wanted to see Donnie Yen die. <laughs> what, what's the definition of most popular? What what is uh, that? like most sales? Like oh, okay. highest grossing most sales. Um, yeah. yeah. So in obviously it's in China, so they had a lot more box office. I guess most more people buying tickets. Uh, but I remember that... seeing that in in the Guinness Book of Records and going, "Holy shit! Once upon a time in China too." And I'd never seen it at that point. So, so that that is a real bumper year for movies, though. A lot of those movies are not too bad. No, I know, um, which is probably why this film might have, you know, kind of snuck in under. Apparently, it didn't do as well as expected, so they actually lost money. Oh, right. Mm. It's and a weird film. Yeah, it's mostly funded by uh, Andy's company or something. Okay. Uh... Because you would think it's a Samo-directed film, right? But he didn't direct the action, which seems to me bizarre that he would let go of the reins like that. Well, it's not like a... I, for a, a, a wushu, as we're saying, it's it's not really about the action. It's more trying to be that dramatic love story, almost. For me, I think throughout, but you know, like, it's like you wouldn't a, get Samo to direct a love story. You yeah, get Samo but to direct maybe he was like, oh well, I'll I'll do something different. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Might be stretching his acting. Oh, sorry, his directing chops. Uh, I mean, that's say. that's not to say the action's bad because it is actually really good. Um, I think directed by Tony Ching and um, Corey Yoon. So, you know, big name. There's a lot of dialogue in this movie and that doesn't really seem like a Samo thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like two sentences, punch your face. <laughs> so you think if, if Samo's not directing the action, then he must be directing the dialogue, right? Yeah. Well, it's not like he, I don't know that he wrote it or anything. So maybe, um, yeah, as I say, maybe just felt like doing something different. For a time, and it's as you're saying, it's not poorly directed or anything. It's actually shot quite well uh, across what it does and and the, yeah. the scope and and the set designs quite interesting oh, as well with little beautiful. village and the two. Beautiful. Did you have any other more any more trivia, Rachel? And we'll get into the film. Um, I was going to say that it's no, it's not written by Samo. <laughs> um, it's written by um, crap. What's his name? <laughs> um. His name Alex Law or something? Uh, yeah, who passed away recently? Oh no! So, yeah. Um, Has he written anything else of note? Because he directed uh, an Autumn's Tale with uh, Chow Yun Fat in it, and Cherry Chong, which is um, I don't know. People say that's their favorite Chow Yun Fat movie. So, an Autumn's uh, Tale. Yeah. Does he shoot people? <laughs> uh, I think he goes around New York being a bum and stuff. Uh, not exactly. Uh, it's sort of a romantic film, I guess, um, uh, and that was directed by his partner Mabel Chow. Yeah, right. Yeah, I still need to watch it because, um, yeah, people say it's really good, so I need to watch it sometime. Oh. Actually, now that you said that, I might check it out too. Shit, Alex Law only died the second of July, so that was really recent. Yeah, I think that's why I came across this film and I looked it up, and then I was like, oh, so he wrote this. Shit, man, he was only sixty nine. I wonder yeah. if it was COVID. Uh, I think said heart attack. Yeah, that's a bummer. So yeah, written by Alex Law, not Sammo Hung. Maybe Sammo Hung just wanted to get paid. <laughs> um, Sammo was in a previous film of theirs that's like a dramatic role as well. So maybe he's paying back a favor. Yeah, in okay. a way. All right. Uh, actually, uh, another piece of trivia is the whale that uh, features heavily in this film um was actually uh died three years after this film was made <laughs> apparently so maybe they were heartbroken that they couldn't have andy lau 
<laughs> How long do killer whales live for? Uh, not not that long in not oh. that long in captivity. Though. Well, it says no. male killer whales generally live thirty five years in the wild. Mm. Uh, females live longer, fifty years or even past eighty. Apparently. What I did notice was that this particular whale, you know how they say if they're into captivity, the dorsal fin kind of folds over? Flops. Yeah, this whale didn't have that. <gasps> yeah, but I suppose it depends on how long it's been in captivity as well because it happens over time. Yes. So. You have to ask uh, the whale. <laughs> the yeah, whale's right. name is Hoi Wai. This is from IMDb. A female killer whale. Of course it was a female killer whale. No one else would let Andy Lau near them. Uh, lived at ocean park in hong kong and yeah passed away in 97 four years later wait no Can i just say like we had we had um we watched this one with obviously um whatever crappy dubbing was on uh uh, the youtube copy that we were watching and they called the um the the whale C Wayne, C Wayne, C Wayne was was like the name, but uh, apparently it's actually Neptune. In, in oh, other things and right. Stuff. Oh, did so, you watch it with proper names, Rachel? No, no, no. I was just thinking, what's the what's the name? Hoiway, like Hoi can sound like C, but then I guess it is the name for Nep- King Neptune. <laughs> well, Hoi Wai is the whale's actual name. Yeah, but I guess they were they were portraying the actor uh, Neptune. <laughs> it's just like they write Philip in the subtitles because he called the guy's name is Faye or something. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I'll be. I, I think Mike and I will be referring to these characters' names from the YouTube dub, uh, YouTube sub, I should say. You can um, call them whatever you want. That's what we normally do, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah <laughs> that's true. I try <laughs> to be hard and fast here. <laughs> I try to be accurate. I know we always boil down to the protagonist and that stunt man, this stunt man. I did notice that in the opening credits, it was produced, uh, presented by the Stuntman's Association. Did you see that? There's a lot of stuntmen. No, I didn't actually spot that. That's interesting. It was an opening credit, and I, I wondered whether it was uh, Chin Car Lok's like, association of stuntmen or whatever. Um, but that was quite prominent. I thought, oh, okay, well, good on the stuntmen then who are behind it. It's definitely a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Have we got any more trivia? Shall we move on to the, uh, the film? Uh, we can move on. We can, if we come up with anything, we'll just mention it. All right. Well, actually, okay. Last bits of trivia. Then it uh, <laughs> it grossed Hong Kong eleven million Hong Kong dollars in ninety two, and then another twenty seven million in ninety three. So thirty eight million dollars Hong Kong dollars. That's pretty good, right? Like thirty eight mil. Yes. I guess. <laughs> I was right. How much you how, how much you divide it by? For like... Hong Kong dollars. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just basing on. Like Jackie Chan's Operation Condor only grossed like twelve mil or something. I thought so. This film looks expensive though, so I don't, I'm not really sure. I mean, that yeah. that was that fact, that supposed fact, trivia. It lost money. It lost money. Yeah, right. Um, not sure. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll bring it up as we go. But uh, before we actually start with the the plot, I just wanted to shout out the main characters and the main actors. Obviously, Andy Lau is the main character. Um, I'll be referring to him as Philip, which is what, what the subtitles is. But his name is Faye. Apparently, he's a, a fisherman, an expert swordsman. Uh, Kenny B is the 13th Prince of Yin. Um, I guess they just refer to him as the prince because I don't know that he has a name. Does he? Oh, Shin? It was Yin. Yin, yin was Oh, Yin. That's right. Um, yeah, but that it's the state of Yin. So Yin is the state. Uh. So I guess he's like Prince Yin. Um. And Kenny B is, a, what is he? He's a musician, right? Musician come actor. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, with he was in that band, The Winners. 
I believe. Is that right? Yeah, and they've done the odd uh, solo record as well. Yeah, a good-looking man. Uh, Anita Mui as uh, Mooney in the subtitles, but uh, Princess Yutnya, um, who is uh, the betrothed, I guess, of Prince Yin. Uh, an incredibly hot Maggie Chung as uh, Mo Sin is her name, but Merlin was her subtitle name, which is awesome, awesome name uh, for Maggie Chung. And she plays the prince's bodyguard. Now, Kelvin Wong is the 14th Prince of Yin, so he's actually the younger brother of Kenny B's character, and uh, he's, the, he's the villain. I love Kelvin Wong. This is a... Yeah, this is weird, because this is around the same time as he was in high-risk meltdown with Jet Li. He was also the bad guy in that. But in this film, he was a lot more athletic, I guess. He was fitter. <laughs> Did you think so? Because they're about the same time, like 90s. It's probably because he's like bouncing on a trampoline all the time doing his poses. He's <laughs> meaner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess in Wushu times, the food is a lot cleaner, you know. Like... He's more ambitious because he plays like uh, chess, four games of chess at the same time or something. <laughs> that, that was really funny. Was he just shooting people as well if they lost? He's just killing people. Apparently. Um, yeah. Uh, Chin Ka-Lok uh, not really plays any main character he's just kind of around as a stuntman he's one of the entourage uh, but that, that's pretty much it right there's no other oh Hoi Wai as Neptune um, <laughs> Philip's close pet killer whale uh, and I think that's it I don't think there's any other notable characters here's a question when did Free Willy come <laughs> I checked Free... I checked oh yeah uh, when is it I think US release was like July uh, that year, if you wrote a script fast enough, you can include a whale in it. Oh, Free Willy! <laughs> Free Willy was in '93. It was released. Huh? Free Willy was released in '93. Was it '93? Yeah, which means uh, they probably stole that from this. They film. Stole the Free Willy idea from C. Wayne. <laughs> no shit. Wow! Doesn't all have to go in reverse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh my god the west is bootlegging chinese stuff that's crazy but yeah anyway those are the main players uh mikey did you want to have a crack at the plot sure so i'll, I'll do a abridged version because it's it's a little bit um it's not actually that complex so <laughs> <laughs> no it's not so uh, essentially we start off with um a bunch of burning uh buildings and uh uh, a troop of people on horses getting chased out um, by obviously the bad guys, but government soldiers as such. And they stop in different villages and get, uh, we'll see that's been massacres basically through the whole state, killing all the peasants and poisoning the wells and all that jazz. And we um, basically find out that uh, there's a prince and he, with his little entourage trying to escape retribution chasing after um and they they basically find themselves going through the forest as such and uh come to a forest of bamboo trees uh where we meet our main protagonist i suppose <laughs> who'd be uh, philip fay andy lao who's uh basically uh i want to say farmer kind of thing but what would you call it like he's harvesting. a fisherman he lives like in Waterworld, in the Waterworld like town. I have no yeah. idea what he's using this bamboo for, but he's yeah, having he, like, way too much fun. Yeah, and he's that? enjoying it way too much. Do you like, that boast he did, like he uh, he owned how many was it? 
how many of fishing villages or some crap like that. <laughs> yeah, he's king of the fort. fishing village. Yeah. I have no idea why he's uh, harvesting of the, bamboo. The head of the village or something. Yeah, it was weird. And, and he was like like showing off his cutting the bamboo with like a blade and jumping up in the air. And then it, it, it did this weird thing where it was making like the bamboo was sort of like in love with him, bending towards him <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's typical Andy Lau. And then, <laughs> and then, then he got keen to the, like the bamboo following him and jumped up into it to uh, figure out what's going on and started cutting it in uh cut one piece like right down the middle and so forth and then um another one started moving away and then of course it's secret ninjas hiding <laughs> underneath the bamboo as you would that's pretty sick <laughs> it was funny and uh of course they're laying in wait for the prince and his entourage coming through the forest and uh, then the bamboo trees sort of move to trap him in the spot and they all jump out and their secret camouflage is like netted bamboo on their chest and stuff with otherwise black ninja outfits. And uh, they attack the group uh, and Andy can't sit by and watch the bamboo ninjas attack these people. So he has to help and jump. Yeah, because they're hurting his beloved bamboo that loves him. Yeah, I just, (laughs) I had a thought about this. And if they were hiding under all that bamboo, right, they would have had to get there really early. Because Andy Lau looks like he's been there for a long time playing his goddamn flute and just like taking his time, having the best time of his life. So these ninjas had been waiting for the, the prince for some time and they don't know that he's going to go there into this grove. They're just like ninja construction hiding out, just waiting for people to show up. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of um, like pointless waiting. And like if you were that, there that early, why don't you just kill bloody way of a and uh philip yeah that's right rid of him. Just, there was no point in just letting him clown around they'd killed yeah. everyone else and all the villages around so you know wasted opportunity now nah, maybe they loved him it's never, it's never, his, it's never really flute. explained how he got his um abilities yeah that just that's it just it. happens to happens to be a master like well, no, at kung fu better than the trained prince and all the bodyguards and everyone yeah i assumed that his martial arts skill was from cutting bamboo i assumed it was the whale taught him like the the secret ninja (laughs) whale (laughs) kung fu of the whale or something (laughs) whale foo whale foo yeah (laughs) and and the master had to show him up at the end of the movie (laughs) with the the secret whale slap (laughs) that's right that's right save the day yeah the buddha's palm (laughs) Right yeah, end. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> basically, um, he he saves the prince, and the prince is a bit injured. So he offers, "Hey, I would come back to my village." And oh, hang on, hang on. I just I just want to call out this bit here. When the prince gets injured, he gets speared by a uh, a bamboo spear, and yeah. uh, there's a really cool shot where the prince cuts the bamboo, and blood is pouring out the end of the bamboo as if it's a straw <laughs> into his chest. And I thought that was a really nice touch. That was really cool. Well, it looks so much like red paint, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was so fake, but yeah, it, it was uh, funny, absolutely. And uh, so he he offers to come back to the village and and rest up and and heal his wound. And uh, so we then um, cut across to to his little fishing village, which is built kind of out into the ocean, which I thought was kind of odd. For a fishing, I mean, you know, I know they have like docks and stuff, but it 
it seemed like the whole village just lived on the ocean. So like Waterworld, as you were suggesting, <laughs> and uh, making a, a giant shark fin soup. Oh, I gotta I, say that looked pretty good. I did feel well. I want fake shark fin soup because I don't believe it. I felt really bad. Yeah, really it felt bad. like they'd actually got a real shark and cut its fins off, didn't it? <laughs> for the yeah. soup, for the shot. I was like, it's a, it looks like a real shark that they just hang up there and obviously taking the fins away, which is kind of a bad thing. You get the same but, effect with glass noodles, man, and the sharks are cool. <laughs> the sharks are free to go. It's, yeah, but the soup yeah, looks Go amazing. to the bottom. <laughs> Drown because they can't swim. Yeah, that's yeah. What I mean. <laughs> so well, I assume uh, you'd eat the rest of the shark, right? Like it had just turned mm. into fish and chips. <laughs> I don't nope. know because yeah, nah. like the thing with shark as well is it's not actually a good thing to eat a lot of because they're like a top level predator. So oh, they it's get lots of mercury, mercury and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you're not meant to eat. But then mercury back in the olden days was like the long-lived thing, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and mercury could be used as a contraceptive, as we learned from Donnie Yen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> or just, you know, the eternal pills for the emperor. Um, yeah, so he, everyone's all happy and loves his uh, shark fin soup, so everyone's happy with Philip. <laughs> and um, so they hang out there for a bit, and then we get to, to meet the uh, the... The fourteenth prince, who who's our bad guy. And I should actually be, before you get onto that, I just want to say that uh, Prince Yin is kind of he's smitten, I guess, by by Fei and his lifestyle um, because he's really taken aback by the naivety that Philip doesn't know who he is, but also is so in touch with the world around him. And Philip is kind of uh, sorry, uh, Prince Yin is kind of like. Uh, I guess he he's jealous of it. Well, not jealous in a in a bad way, but he kind of admires it, and so befriends Philip, like almost immediately. Like they're almost like bosom brothers. Um, so that I I feel like they set that bond up very early on. That like oh you know Philip and Yin are potentially going to be like really good buddies. Sorry, yep. I just wanted to set that up. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I agree. So uh, we meet the bad guy, and um, he's a. Uh, in the middle of his sort of war camp, playing four games of chess at once, <laughs> uh, whilst uh, I want to say bouncing on a trampoline because he's jumping up in the air, firing arrows at a mountain. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spelling out, I, it didn't in mine. It didn't subtitle exactly what he was spelling out, so I don't know. But um, I don't know. Uh, I assumed it was penis or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was so distracted, I couldn't. I couldn't pay attention. It was hard. It was <laughs> like a so big going flaming on. ball. Yeah, it was, yeah. So um, uh, then he gets uh, a bit annoyed with the underling, obviously, for uh, failing to capture the the other prince and letting him escape, that he chops his head off and shoots it into the mountain to to light up all the other, on fire, lighting up all the arrows that he's put in there, spelling out a word. Just in case you didn't know he was the bad guy, um, by the way that he was scowling and... Kind of shooting these arrows, like almost dressed, up to the dressed feather. all in black. Yeah, yeah. I do love. This is what I love about Wushu when they they show a bad guy is he's bouncing around and flying around and just being so what's the word like regal? You know, like when he lands, he lands in like a sitting pose, and you know he just I don't know. He's very posy. Yeah, <laughs> very posy. and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I love his outfit. His outfit is just. Fucking badass. It is a badass outfit. So um, he basically sends all these um, 
underlings out to basically terrorize the countryside and find out where the prince has gone. And uh, at this point, we kind of cut back to um, the prince in the village and we meet our uh, real hero of the movie <laughs> at this point. So it's the next sort of morning and the prince walks out and, and sees Philip's already up really early and he's going for a swim with his uh, good friend, the uh, the pet, <laughs> oh, I don't want to say pet, but the killer whale. C. Wayne. C. Wayne now is oh. Neptune and another. Yeah, it's C. Wayne. And he's uh, having a bit of a, a frolic in the water. He's doing like that bloody Jeff Goldblum pose on the back of this whale. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, uh, it's. Uh, I felt like it's transported to a comedy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like a Stephen Chow movie, didn't it? <laughs> All of a sudden. It was very silly. It was Marina Erotica. It was gross. <laughs> Getting a ride on the back and shot into the air and stuff. And it's, I was actually quite, um, it's sort of impressed the fact that it is pretty clearly a real whale and they shot this at uh, Ocean Park in Hong Kong. Yes. Um, well, the, the rocks the all look fake as shit. Mm. Well, that could be any Hong Kong set, couldn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a real whale and, and he must have got in the tank with it. So props to him for doing that, whether it was him or a stunt. I don't know. I'd want to touch a real whale, I guess. You'd be like, yeah, yeah that's, that's me. kind of like a one-time thing. That's probably yeah. where all their budget went <laughs> paying to... <laughs> Play with the whale in the tank. <laughs> I thought this is where like uh, Andy Lau's um, reputation precedes him because he's like he wants to do everything and try everything. Mm-hmm. So I feel like most of it's actually him has actually gone out of his way to go and train with the whale. He's for a the method sake actor. Of this movie. Method yeah. act. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I I couldn't pick that it was anyone different, so I wouldn't be surprised if it absolutely was him frolicking with the whale. And uh, obviously making the whale fall in love with him, <laughs> like the bamboo. Um, so uh, I think at, at some point they turn around and see like um, the bad guys' army sort of advancing across the tops of the cliff tops, and they go, "Oh, we got to get out of here!" And um, and then Philip's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Oh, they're they're after me. That's why they're here." And he goes, "Oh, well, I know a secret hiding spot. Follow me." And he leads them into a secret caves in the cliffs and uh, it turns out to be like a a secret royal tomb one of um that we find out one of 72 that the old ancestor of the emperor built as a deception and they all start praying and philip doesn't understand why until he's finally let in on the secret that this is the the prince or or the emperor to be who's been driven out by the younger brother. And, and Philip, I mean, like, for all his naivety, he does know who the Emperor is, so he does kind of show some respect. But by that point, they'd already developed this uh, bro-ship. So because they're bros, the prince is just like, nah, bro, I got you. You and me are buddies. And, uh, and everyone else like, what? We've been riding with Say you for what? years, bitch. <laughs> now, actually, we should point out as well that Merlin, uh, Maggie Chewing's character, has been very active and front and center this whole time as the main bodyguard for Prince Yin. And she's wearing this ridiculous hat, which kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a hat as if you tied a blanket over the top of it and then tied the blanket under your chin. So it would protect her from most types of sunshine, precipitations, anything really. It looks kind of like a beekeeper's hat, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yeah, because those killer bees, they're dangerous. (laughs) Absolutely. That's why she's a ninja. Um, yeah, so uh, essentially at, at this point, um, 
they're like, what do you want to do, Prince? We're kind of surrounded and so forth. I've got to make it to the Western lands, um, connect up with the, one of the governors there to get men to fight back. And also his, uh, he mentions his partner or, or the, the betrothed uh, girl that's staying there for years and he hasn't seen her in a while. Go check her out. Um, <laughs> That's good. So they've not met before this, have they? Him and Mooney. No, no, no. Betrothed. Mooney's the betrothed. Yeah. So he'd say. I think at some point he said he hadn't seen her in a few years, and he wanted oh, okay. to see what she was up to. Well, that's what I got from since she was four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So he they ask Philip, and obviously Philip knows all the secret hidey holes, and says, "Yeah, yeah, I know a secret way to get there." So as soon as they get out, they're immediately surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Philip. <laughs> you dick. Nice one, Philip. Dick. <laughs> and it's, they're uh, they're actually walking down the thing, and and who should come across the fourteenth uh, prince and his little entourage happens to come across them. They I was surprised that him. he showed up himself. You know, I would have thought he'd leave it to his lackeys, but no, front and center, he's right there. I th- I thought it was kind of like they were behind the front lines, if you know, like the front had already gone past, and oh. then he was coming up the rear. That's kind of how I felt it it was intended and then they're trying to do the old oh yeah we'll bow and, and fake it till you make it and uh, Prince was too wise for that shit and picked him out and uh, a fight ensues which is probably the worst fight that I found of the entire movie <laughs> why is this the worst fight the worst fight is firstly um, the Prince the two princes fight right and they jump at each other, and then immediately they're transported to like a hundred meters from anyone. There's no oh, one okay. in any of the shots around them. In like the second, then they're fighting, and then all of a sudden they're separated, and they're fighting other people. It it just there was no float. It was disjointed. Like the cuts to it, it was like, oh yeah, we'll have them fight, and then the others are still fighting, and then it becomes so chaotic that they all escape on horses in various directions, right? But it, because it was so disjointed, it it made it so unbelievable. I was like, how many men did he have with him versus, you know, the, the 13th prince? Yeah. And I get that they're more powerful than his men, but where was the overwhelming? And then all of a sudden there's horses free that they can ride in different directions. Um, I suppose they want to keep it vague because... They never know how many stunt men are going to show up to work, so they might be injured. <laughs> but they got to keep this it vague. True. This is true. It it just yeah that that kind of threw it off for me. Like just, just that's why I'm, I'm saying it's kind of the worst of yeah. The okay, no, the fair enough. Is this the one where he ends up jumping off a cliff to escape? Yes. Yeah. So he um he gives a jade comb kind of thing to um Philip and says go to the, the warlord and give this to, to him. He'll know it's from me and tell him to bring the soldiers and pick up Mooney while you're there, by the way. And, <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> by the way. And, uh, and Don't Merlin, touch her though, you, she's mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Merlin, you go with him and, and I'll stay here and defend everyone. Although I'm completely outnumbered and I'm likely to die, I'll be right. Nobody's going to say yes to that. You're the prince. Exactly. I'm like, no one's saying yes to that prince, you tool. (laughs) I I don't even know why Merlin says yes to that. That's just the stupidest thing ever. Um, And uh, But they do, and they ride off on their horse, and then five seconds later, he gets on his horse and rides off with his bodyguards, and uh, they get chased by the other prince, by himself, I'll add. Again, (laughs) why would he do that? (laughs) Shit bodyguard. Yeah, exactly. And they ride off uh, up to the cliff and they do the old cliff dive and move uh, jumping off the horses into the water. 
Yeah, it's like Bali's, right? Once you jump off a cliff into the water, everyone's like, ah, fuck, he got away. <laughs> yeah, I'm not following that. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. We don't even know where he went. He's really underwater somewhere. That's a Samo stunt. Just jump off somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and beat a woman. That's a Samo stunt. <laughs> hey, I've got to ask you, Rachel. Yeah. I've seen so many of these films, and I've always wanted to know whether or not this is accurate to what the subtitles say. But when uh, they walk past and the, the Empress walking past, everyone goes, Man Sui, Man Sui, Man Man Sui. Is that actually mean long live the Emperor? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's like something like uh, live for like 10,000 years or something. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, translated enough. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough of these films where I'm like, I'd like for people to do that for me one day. <laughs> You just take over not, a country. Not the Lube from East Island. <laughs> <laughs> Citation needed. Is he from the East Island? What is East Island? I, 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 I keep thinking of Easter Island with the heads. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was thinking when he was saying, there's a bunny bouncing around with Easter eggs. That's uh, so good. I actually saw Dragons Forever the other day and uh, Lolio was in it as well. And man, that guy is, he's like my new Richard Ng because he's rocking that mustache and he's a very, very... Dapper gentleman. Anyway, sorry to digress. Cool, cool. Be- you asked you it was your fault, Mark. <laughs> your fault, Michael. <laughs> Bigu from East Island. Yes, that's right. Um, so they jump off the cliff and obviously swim into the secret tomb to escape, and we get a nice Khan yelling scene there. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible scream. <laughs> it was. It's like why? <laughs> You're the one that ran away, gee. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, then we pick up in in what we gather is the western lands with uh, uh, a girl flying some kites uh, with her uh, uh, ob- Moy uh, flying kites I kept thinking yeah. of these as the Tyrells you know from like uh, oh, Game yeah, of Thrones yeah, from Game of Thrones kind yeah. of thing ba- basically um, yeah the handmaidens with the, the, the princess flying some kites and uh, they rock up and immediately walk straight up to them uh, the, the boss carrying all their weapons <laughs> and very well protected <laughs> And uh, and hand over the jade item and basically explain we're here to pick up Mooney. <laughs> um, oh yeah, bit by the way, gathers your warriors to like help with the fight and stuff. And so they call Mooney over, who's uh, basically a petulant child and doesn't want to come over. Yeah, which kind of throws me a bit because she's obviously very handy with a blade, um, but the fact that she is so you know like princessy, uh, yeah, kind of yeah, doesn't quite gel. You find the casting weird? Like, if if um, Maggie Chan wasn't so busy, you could have swapped roles. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I find 100%. Anita Moy in that role, even though she's not that. I suppose she's not that old, but it's just such a weird, a weird role. Is she? Is she? What I mean, was she kind of like a? Was she big at that time? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah? her singing, her singer persona is like someone who's sexy. I guess in control. Uh, yeah, so I, this kind I of role did. is weird, but I mean, it's acting right, so whatever. Yeah, you got to believe it. But I did find that both of them, when they spoke, had the huskiest voices in the world. Like they were either had laryngitis or were just, you know, being super horny or something. Like, are you talking about the dubbing? Because that's not them. Oh, is it not them? Yeah, it's the, not them. Because they actually just have, whenever I they, spoke. they have even huskier voices than the They dub. have huskier voices than that? Yeah, like Anita Moe's voice is actually quite. Low, I guess. Oh my god, it was like, oh, so and then Maggie, Maggie likes to smoke the cigs, so you know. 
<laughs> extra dose of throat cancer will make your voice <laughs> yeah no now that you say it, i thought uh, i mean she was trying to be that little pouty but it was actually quite a low pout wasn't it <laughs> in terms of uh you know the i'm a hoity-toity princess um and we get treated to the the next secret ninja move of uh, getting all the handmaidens and grabbing their clothes on and obviously being boys, but <laughs> walking up with the guy's sort of secret move. Uh, oh, is that which... when the ninjas multiply, like behind them? Yes, yeah. And, That's and... wicked. That was wicked. So then they start attacking and um, and then we find out that, yeah, Mooney can handle herself with a blade. Yeah, a lot of bloodshed here, actually. A lot of people get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit of blood spray that goes on and sprays all Mooney head to well, across her beautiful white outfit with the blood spray. I did and, think um, when she got sprayed with blood, right? Because they're shooting this film. How many of those white outfits do you reckon they wrecked with just like white, bl- red blood dye? It's got to be a few. half the budget. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, you just wash it with rice, according to Philip, to get out the blood. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Anyone else heard that before? Wash <laughs> it with rice? Just like dry your phone out with rice. Wash your clothes with rice. It's not getting rid Wash of stains. Wash your clothes with rice. <laughs> it actually shat me when she said, what do you mean? And he said, forget it. I was like, no, hang on. You just said wash it with rice. I want to find out what your secret technique is for getting rid of stains, Philip. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got all that fish gut stuff he has to clean all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you so know, he, he, know. He, he, was, he was smart, though. He was wearing colored clothes that doesn't get as, as dirty as white clothes, so... You know, he thought ahead, at least to some level. Um, anyway, getting back to uh, the, the random ass thing. <laughs> so he, he goes, oh, right off with me, Mooney. And uh, Merlin decides to stay for ungodnown reasons. Yeah, stay behind and hold the fort while they run. Yeah, essentially. But uh, that was what the, the the governor guy was there for. any sense to me on that. So then we get the uh, the odd... Um, riding through the countryside to take five years to get back to the same distance we got in one shot uh, part of the movie. Which, montage. <laughs> montage bit that, uh, you know, adds to the, uh, you know, the, the romance that is obviously meant to be developing between Philip and the prince's betrothed. That's like what I always say, man. You put two people of opposite sex or maybe even the same sex romantically involved and you, you give them nothing to do uh, put them on a forced road trip. You can't help but fall in love because there's nothing <laughs> that, else to do. Isn't that reality reality TV show? Oh my <laughs> god, Rachel! I would fucking watch that. I think it's Chuck at least two a Japanese people on a road one, trip together. Japanese one where they put them on an island or some bullshit like that. Oh, What's I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and do is it like the hit rate is like eighty seven percent that they fall in love. <laughs> It's it probably that, well. you know, extreme circumstances, no one else. It's <laughs> the do? opposite of Temptation Island. Who actually <laughs> as soon as they get off the island, fuck you, see you later. Yeah, that, it, it was just, um, <laughs> it made no sense that it takes so long to get back when they got there in five seconds. But <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, that we'll just go with that because uh, we needed to shoot a, a bunch of them playing in the water, going to the beach, all of those uh, love trap uh, <laughs> kind of scenery things so uh they um end up spending a night near a river and she gets up early in the morning because she's pissed off at him for basically calling her a stuck-up princess 
and uh, she decides to walk off by herself, smartest thing when they're being chased, <laughs> into some um, kind of thorny... Oh, mangroves. Mangroves. Oh, hang on. Before this, you forgot they got attacked yeah. in the middle of the night by the... Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah they, they got, got attacked injured. first. That, that was... Oh, he wasn't injured yet. No, on this um, they got a, oh, Yeah, that was yeah, in the mangrove forest. It was actually a, 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 quite a cool fight. Sorry, I missed that bit. Um, so they had the fire going in a cave, I want to say. Yeah, kind um, of like a rocky... Rocky. Kind of like a rocky cave. Yeah. And the the cool thing that I found about this was um, the, the ninjas creeps in on them, but they hear him at the last second and they're talking about a bat being blind and, and then the ninja attacks. And um, then all three of them are fighting um, like it, then, well, the two heroes are fighting the ninja on either side. And um, then it, it starts getting darker because um, the ninja accidentally steps in the fire but rather than um, do anything else, he's the ninja sort of kicks the fire out, and then it sort of spreads the flames. There's like little embers all over the place, and that was actually a cool like headshot. Seeing the like the the little well, like one log on fire here and spread all around. But then for some reason, it seems almost like hot coals spread out in different areas. Did did you get that? Yeah, no, I got that because it? it wasn't the the gimmick that uh, Philip picks up a burning piece of wood or like the embers of a piece of wood and blows on it to light it up again. He he did that at one point, yeah, towards the end. But there was like these overhead shots that was cool with like the you know I could get the like individual flames spread out in different areas. But then when they were doing it, it looked like long pits of of hot coals in different, almost like it was kind of like lava at some point, like stretched here and stretched there. And I don't know if it was kind of like they were just trying to add some more, um, you know, lighting to the, the darkness of, of the cave because they would they couldn't really light it up very well. To Well, that was the shame it. of it because there was some good martial arts going on. And I did appreciate the the look of it with all the burning embers in that. But also you miss a lot of the, the intricate moves because it was so dark. Yeah, and because uh, the ninjas obviously wearing black as well, so it takes away from what you can capture in that kind of light. And weirdly Lighting. enough, wearing like an E17 beanie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand that. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so uh, anyway, eventually they scare, uh, They, I think um, they, no, that's not that point. Yeah, they'd scare off the ninja anyway, but then it's the next morning and she walks off on her own, which made it even worse because she's like, she got pouty, walks off. They were arguing over who gets to ride first on the horse. And um, she gets all pouty and walks off on her own. And you're like, but the ninja was just there like last night and like it's gone. So, of course, uh, he thinks about it for a second and then goes after her. And, and what's happening? Of course, she's fighting the ninja in the mangroves, um, as you would expect. And they have a a bit of a a fight through with the branches and... and um, Philip sort of comes in and, and ends up like cutting the branches as he's going. And then they do the whole, both of them get trapped in the branches kind of stuff and the ninjas freely moving around them. And at one point he uh, stabs Philip with, uh, the ninja stabs Philip with the blade, but they snap the blade and he picks the the snapped blade piece out of his chest and throws it at the ninja and gets the ninja in the hand. And that's enough to scare away the ninja. Well, this this was very funny because um, Philip, as one of his finishing moves, he does like a wushu flying attack, uh, yes. but he's injured. 
and he must have run out of energy mid-flight because he just stops <laughs> and, and falls. falls. <laughs> Fall short. Doesn't the ninja like tri- pull the hand straight out of the blade? I was like, yeah. how, yeah, how yeah. the frick did you do that? Guts. Guts. <laughs> and then uh, the princess is all uh, happy that uh, Philip came to help her, but he's bleeding out, so she decides the best thing to do is to carry him through all the mangoes, bleeding out everywhere. Uh, and she gets lost for a bit, but then decides to follow. Oh, if the blood's only in those spots, I haven't gone that way. So <laughs> figures it out and gets back out to the horse. Yeah, this bit took way too long. Took way yeah. too long. I should have cut it down by like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so at this point, they're, uh, oh, Philip's kind of dying, as it were, and they're riding on the horse. And uh, she, again, the longest ride back from the shortest distance. Uh, it's nighttime again. And uh, she goes down to the beach and touches the water and some magic sparkly dust stuff comes up. <laughs> oh, and that's she right. she decides, I'll rub that into the wound and they'll heal him for some reason. This and, is very uh, wussy, but I don't know what basis this comes from. It's kind of like almost, it, it felt like it was trying to point that like the moon was giving magical moonlight powers into the girl or something and she was doing this stuff and then she's talking when she's telling him afterwards that something about sea seashells that she crushed up yeah did, like did something you just get glitter glitter um flashbacks yeah, it, was like, it was just like glitter when everyone used to go clubbing and wear glitter on them <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that's that's more likely what it was that stupid glitter stuff that just won't come off thought, how <laughs> shitty is that getting that shit in your eye or in your mouth as oh, absolutely worst um so anyway he's magically cured and they head back to uh, the fishing village, which they finally get to the next day. Um, and then we have the awkwardness of, mm, but I'm in love with you, and now I have yeah. to go back to the prince. And blah, well, blah, Mooney, blah. Mooney kind of has feelings for Philip, but Mooney is betrothed to the prince. The prince loves Mooney, uh, but he doesn't have any feelings for Merlin. Merlin loves the prince, and actually, I don't think anyone loves Merlin. Nobody loves Merlin. Fuck Merlin, and that's the love quadrangle and it's at this point that we um find out that merlin is actually secretly the betrayer because she <laughs> she's ends a ninja. Up, she's the ninja um in the ninja garb at the 14th prince's camp and uh he basically slaps her on the face that's how we know it's a samo film and uh basically said You've got until the full moon on the 15th to kill the prince. Otherwise, uh, take drink this poison and throw some poison at her. I, I got to say, like, I love Kelvin Wong in this film. He deserves like a villain Oscar or something. He is just <laughs> so good and, and just chewing up the scenery. He is beautiful. Uh, Rachel, do you know if he's related to Melvin Wong? Uh, not that Wong. I know of. Just because uh. the name rhymes. Yeah, well, also they're Wongs, but I guess there's lots of Wongs. But geez, I, yeah, Kelvin Wong, Melvin Wong. It works. <laughs> it works. Anyway, sorry, continue. So uh, basically, um, we're now back in the, the tomb. And uh, as as you suspect, the uh, the governor's already there with all of his troops. And he, he beat them all back to the royal tomb. So they're wandering along the beach romantically did take so much more time for whatever reason. <laughs> Took him and, a long time to heal. Yeah, so the prince decides, hey, we'll bring up at the wedding to this spring or autumn or whatever the hell he was saying. Um, 
and I'm going to name Philip as my new general, to which general goes, no thanks, I don't need to be <laughs> your general, I'm just a peasant. And, well, I wondered uh, whether he said no because he's a peasant or no because he secretly loves Mooney and didn't want to be near them. Yeah, I think it was more hinted that it was because he was in love with Mooney, but um, the words he uses are the peasant words, etc. And uh, goes out. Oh, I forgot to mention the stupid jade combs that make sounds. <laughs> it harmonizes. Harmonizes. Um, they're a thing, but meh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a boring, boring thing, and um, and so he he goes off, uh, to back to his village, etc. And uh, lo and behold, Mooney follows him into the night, and uh, has a a goodbye scene and gives her comb to him, to which the prince actually sees and and realizes what's happened, but he realizes smartly that she's chosen to stay with the prince, so he's all right with that. But the prince but, gives like Faye his half of the comb as his well. His comb as well, yeah. So the face and he, he did make the comment to her, uh, "I don't need it anymore because she's with me <laughs> all the time now, so we're not apart." Kind of comment, which was kind yeah, of yeah. Philip, take I the hint. I get the girl. Hint, take hint. the hint, man. Take the hint, uh, kind of thing. And uh, and they kind of leave it at that. And um, then Mooney's uh, obviously um, headed off back to the base, and she comes across her dead handmaidens. Her handmaidens don't seem to live for very long for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You wouldn't want to be them. I no, still don't know right. who killed them, though. It was obviously uh, Merlin, though. Was it Merlin? Okay. Yeah, because it had the darts in their necks, which was the ones that she had that she was going to throw at the prince that one time. In the yeah, show. right. So, um, and then she starts a fight with Merlin, uh, and they get an old pouty, and then the prince finally comes back and says, Oi, what are you two fighting each other for? And at... <laughs> There's no pillows. This isn't sexy. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's looking at their doubles. It's just like, uh, they suddenly grew <laughs> sideways. <laughs> um, and at this point, um, yeah, she ends up pouting off and Merlin goes to bury the handmaidens um, outside the royal tomb because they're peasants and they don't deserve to die and be buried in the royal tomb. Uh, and the, ne- the next day, we sort of wake up with the village and getting attacked by um, the bad guys' troops and uh, a bit of a slaughter commences. Oh, I just Sorry, I just wanted to say, in this uh, internal... Uh, what is it? It's a tomb, right? Is that where they're in? Yep. Like the temple or whatever it is? The royal tomb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a shot where it's uh, from the outside looking through an archway into, I think, both Merlin. And I think the prince is there as well, but it's an iris in, like a Hitchcock iris in, where they kind of... Um, you know, roll the iris in, but they're also moving towards the subject so that the the background and the foreground are like enlarging and shrinking. It looks wicked, except it's not done very well because it's jerky as shit. Um, but the the attempt at it, I thought was well done, Samo or whoever the cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. As 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 you're saying this, uh, it's actually quite well shot overall in terms of its uh, placement and cinematography. Agreed. Oh um, shit! I forgot to mention as well when they were on their montage riding home. This is Philip and Mooney. Uh, they come across a field where they find like rabbits. I guarantee there are actually real dead rabbits in that field. But <laughs> Philip actually picks up a baby rabbit by the fucking ears, like just lifts <laughs> it up by the ears and puts it in Mooney's hand. And I was like, oh, animal cruelty of the year. But it's so cute. And fluffy. It is very cute. 
It was cute and fluffy. I thought that more animal cruelty was cutting off the shark's fins for me, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all right. Um, true, true. Yes, cruelty all round. Cruelty all round in this movie. I would um, choose to get my ears like picked up by my ears rather than get my fin cut off. So yes, yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah. Um, so the fight through the village and there's like two two sort of borderline commanders of of the prince sort of beeline for um Philip and he's having a bit of a a good fight with um them and uh he ends up killing them by falling over one of them jumps at him and he lifts his sword through one of them and then the second one does the same jump and he's he kind of um spears through the the second one yes that's shish kebab he's like kebabbing two people (laughs) his sword was that long but but what what for whatever reason they're both not dead and then they kick him off onto a uh, knock him out onto a a floaty um wash tub oh that's right is he mortally wounded at this point not yet no i think he was just knocked out because he sort of hit his head kind Uh. of thing and so he floats out into the ocean to be uh you know saved by Sea Wayne, good old Neptune, <laughs> who uh, playfully flaps some water onto onto him and slaps him in the face uh, to wake him up. And at this point, he's all pissed off because his whole village has been massacred. Um, so he's all about the vengeance. So he gets angry and says, Sea Wayne, you have to take off because I'm going to go do some vengeance. And Sea Wayne's not happy with that. And they have a bit of a back and forth between man and orca. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really awkward. Yeah. But... <laughs> I hate you. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking dolphin. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he ends up heading off to the tomb where obviously the, the, the bad, bad prince has already arrived and they're having a bit of a showdown. <laughs> Cough. Couldn't hold that one in. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the final fight basically, and and obviously at this point it's it's shown that Merlin is is a traitor, but she's fallen in love with the thirteenth prince and is on his side. So uh, they have a bit of a fight uh, back and forth, and this is probably the best fight in the whole movie, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was all three of them onto uh, him, onto Melvin Wong. So sorry, yeah, Kelvin onto, Wong, onto the prince. <laughs> Yeah, and he's he's obviously got the um the pole with the sword. It kind of looked like he he clicked his sword into his scabbard and made it into like a lance kind of thing. Yeah, because it wasn't always like a big halberd kind of thing, was it? No, no, it kind of looked like he just like stuck it in there. And I was like, oh, that's kind of. Yeah, he's pretty effective with it too, I, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, well, obviously, um, the thirteenth prince and and the bodyguard weren't that great because they got shown up by a fisherman. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that one sort of goes back and forth and and um the evil prince sort of um pretty much takes out everyone and he's about to finish off um the prince when uh, um philip jumps out of the water and does a flying wushu sword block and um and then starts having a fight with the prince as well yeah and that goes on for a bit uh it's a little bit more even in terms of the blows but um philip soon overwhelmed by uh getting cut multiple times and uh he's thrown back onto the platform which is like this big stone platform and then i think is it mooney that sort of comes across to try and stop the final blow and she gets hit and sort of dies 
Yeah, everybody gets. I mean, like the first person who gets killed is Merlin, um, who kind of professes her love for Prince Yin, and then fucking gets stabbed brutally and dies. Um, And then Prince Yin and Mooney get injured. Can't tell if they're dead or not. And that's when that fight with Philip comes in. And then yeah, Mooney kind of helps Philip, and I think they're both defeated by the prince. And uh, and he goes to do it like a. Uh, he goes to attack them again, and um, he gets the uh, the Sea Wayne slap to the face at some point. <laughs> With the five fingers say to the face, the, yeah, it's a slap, like the giant tail to the face, and the, that knocks him back quite a ways, and he's then spitting up blood and stuff. So you got to give props to the the whale, the whale final killer move. The well, whale killer, does killer whale move, huh? Whale prosthetics. Whale perspective. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, right. come on, the whale is jumping out of an inner cave grotto. How the fuck did it get in there? Who knows? <laughs> a fjord. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, nightboat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he does the 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 whale slap down and uh, knocks out the prince, which is uh, pretty much almost taking him out. But he's got the one final. Um, I'll stab you to death. Lance move and he actually gets uh, Philip in the shoulder pretty much through into uh, there's a, a like a plaque with the Emperor's name and stuff in the background and it like cracks that in half and of course the top half then topples down and crushes the prince to death yes uh, onto the pillar well um, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions exactly exactly and then we get the stupidest ending <laughs> out of this movie where we go to fade to light and then Philip's kind of walking, and we have an internal monologue of him going, and then I woke up, and, you know, I was in a field, and, and whatever happened, and it was years later. And I turned to visit that cave from time to time. So we don't actually know <laughs> what happened, because it was kind of like he was meant to die, and opens and white, but he's not dead. He lived, but you don't know if the prince lived. You're pretty sure Mooney died in his arms. <laughs> Because that was pretty much implied. She professes her undying love, and then as dies. she died, yeah, and and Merlin, we know she bought it as well, and obviously the evil prince bought it. So it's either just he lives, or maybe the prince got out of it. Well, I, I know, read, but... um, I read, I think it was a review or something like that, where basically everyone dies except him, um, because he was saved by Sea Wayne, but. <laughs> yep. From the movie, it's not clear, and I thought maybe he was dead, and that was kind of like purgatory or heaven that he was in i don't know it's probably yeah, just it was, deliberately ambiguous because he's like i didn't know whether i lived or died and he just comes out of the tomb so he can just say the line about the most beautiful flowers yeah yeah, yeah right. with all the dead bodies underneath kind of thing linking it back i was kind of like oh, my, my favorite ending is like see wayne wins and eats them all and, uh, <laughs> which you end. know he's gonna do see <laughs> wayne's gonna do waste not want not yeah him and his buddies, because you know they travel in pods. <laughs> in, in pods, yeah. <laughs> so if they didn't write in the part of the whale, then they wouldn't have had the whole ending. Why? I still don't know why. Well, without exactly. the whale, it was, it was just weird. They so lose. Fantastical. They lose without the whale. That's right. But if you think about it, the whale didn't need to be there at all in the entire movie. <laughs> it still would have had the same kind of thing. That's the true. only thing the whale really does is the final like whale slap down. And that's it. Ah, I bet it like, was just Andy. That, 
It's just Andy wanting to swim with a whale. Yep, yeah, I reckon that that sounds like the most plausible explanation. Did for the, um, did for Ocean Park uh, sponsor this film? Oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Played it at the theater while you're visiting the park and stuff. And that was uh, that was Moon Warrior, which yeah, yeah was pretty good. It's pretty good. Actually, you know what? We'll do the, the thumbs thumbs in down, thumbs up, whatever it is. I'm actually going to give this film a thumbs up from me. I'm going to go thumbs in the middle. I I did like it, and but it's not something I would watch again, I don't think, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, yeah. it's an okay watch. If you're going to watch something, go for it. But Yeah, it's, it's too long and meandering to watch again. I agree. Yeah. Rachel? Uh, I'll be thumbs up anyway. Um, I feel like I've watched it a long time ago, but who knows? <laughs> Uh, I mean, for that time, I think it's an okay movie because I actually, you know, I I quite enjoyed it, and yeah. I might not watch it again, but I'm definitely gonna get the soundtrack or something and put it somewhere because the music was just really, really nice, evocative, and just very melodic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I actually thought the um the dialogue was actually written pretty well. If you weren't waiting for fights, and then, then you know you could be distracted a bit by romance or something. Um, yeah, I agree. Usually I kind of like look at a romance or something like that and think it's a bit hokey and want it to be over quickly. But the actual, the the tragic story of Unrequited Love, even though I didn't feel that way about Anita Mui, yeah. I thought you're right. Like the dialogue actually was well written, that it was believable. Like these these characters had believable motivations, I guess. Uh, just cut out the glitter scene, please. Stupid. <laughs> what? Because she totally cured him. She cured him. Could have done something. I don't know. Something else. A soap land scene, you say? <laughs> oh, my God. She could have sucked out the poison or something. Yeah, you know, some right? shit like that. Yeah. But I suppose to add that little bit of mystique, have that, you know, the glitter sparkles. <laughs> and then like. Glitter um... sparkles, that's a new name. <laughs> <laughs> glitter sparkles. You know she's vajazzling. <laughs> oh, god. oh god the scenery was really beautiful like the i mean like like you say don't know why that that village was there by the ocean but it looked really nice yeah and it was really yeah well it, was a, it was a good set yeah and and but it did feel a bit water world as well like it's all because of the whale if you cut the whale out you know 90 percent of it's different yeah yeah, yeah. no nah, i thought it was really good uh was there any uh stunts that you know i noticed quite a few like stuntmen taking some big falls and just landing on like hard ground, I thought that was oh, fucking Chin Carlock earning his pay. A lot of uncredited stuntmen in this. Um, I didn't look at the credits, so I don't know who. I was, was look at the photos in HKMDB because yeah. <laughs> I want to see who who people are, but a lot of them are like don't have names or something, or they're not sure who they are. I don't think there was any big notable notable stunts, except maybe when uh, Andy Lau was fighting those two guys at the end. Um, like especially when they're fighting up in the uh, the rafters, I guess. Um, there's a lot of like ratcheting and wire work going on in there. I thought, oh, geez, that's that's a tight space. That'd be hard to do. It was definitely the the better fight scenes were those ones. Um, the earlier ones, when they're um, just fighting around um, ambush, kind of one, was um, uh, just a bit too frenetic and and displaced and cut. So. But yeah, over, overall it was okay fighting. It wasn't my favorite designed at a movie at all, but what? yeah, just sort of above average. But the obvious double, uh, doubling of people was a bit distracting. Yeah, because they're, they're doing the obviously same same clothing kind of thing yeah. to pull it up. Do you yeah. actually look at, I, I tend not to look at faces and proportions. I tend to look more at like technique and form. 
So I don't really notice the different people, I guess. I mean, clearly it's not um, Maggie Cheung doing all these moves. Uh, but like when she's doing, or when the stunt double's doing like pirouette stabs, and mm. I'm like, ooh, that's that's a nice move, regardless of you know who it is actually. It's found more distracting than just do like multiple flips into some some move or something like, all the time. I'd be like, oh, for no reason, kind yeah, of yeah, unnecessary, too much, too much, unnecessary. Unless she's trying yeah. to hide a face or something. But I did notice Andy Lau like his wig gets a lot longer when it's not him. Like it covers a lot more <laughs> of his face. <laughs> You remember when it's supposedly Chinkai lot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's Andy Lau, he has like a tied ponytail with a little fringe, but when it's Chinkai lock, it's just like this flowing mane across his whole face. His, uh, <laughs> Andy's fringe is the real deal, but but the uh, stunt person, a wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. Was there anything in the film that you'd like to do, uh, maybe at home or uh, elsewhere? I want to befriend a whale and, and have it fight my enemies for me. <laughs> So you'd be stuck inside, you know, if you're going inland. You'd be screwed. <laughs> I, I live by the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> come to me, mate. Out back. <laughs> you have to come to my secret tomb <laughs> to fight me on my own ground. <laughs> you're never going to go for a trip to Kalgoorlie inland. No, Whale can't follow you. <laughs> Rachel, is there anything else in uh, this film that you... I don't know. I want to be the shrimp king. Oh, the shrimp king would be amazing. You reckon he eats a lot of shrimp? <laughs> Uh, you you reckon? <laughs> That's how they attract the whales, shrimp. right? Yeah, <laughs> you feed it to the whales. I don't know if you'd eat a lot of shrimp because you have so much of it. You'd be like, yeah, I'm done with shrimp. Maybe you get like roast duck from the Duck King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what would I like to do in this film? I think I'd I'd like to. Oh shit! I'd like to hang out with Maggie Chung. That's <laughs> that's one thing. Um. Play the flute. Yeah, I think I don't know. Things you know what? Not to do. Things not to do. Like don't hang out in your own tomb. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> or get don't stuck do in that. a mangrove, which is also very hard to shoot. That was really frightening. That was really frightening. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't walk away from the film. I mean, like whenever I watch Wushu, I'd love to fly. But, you know. I'd, actually, you know what? I'd love to be a bad guy. I'd love to be... Kelvin Wong, because god damn, he looked like he was having so much fun. That's still the best, <laughs> the best character. Oh yeah. yeah, like I think he might, he might be my favorite villain actually. Is this he ever year. not a villain in any movie? I wonder. Hey, what? I wonder if he's yeah, ever not he a villain. A guy? Yeah. Kelvin Wong. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. I don't know. He has that face. He said that yeah. rich, the rich boy face. <laughs> I might do some research and uh, and edit that in and chuck it in. You know what I am going to put in? I'm going to put in that fucking dramatic music. That uh, <laughs> I just, I, you know what? I want to look kind of melancholy while that music is playing in the background, and just be like, "Life's not what I thought it would be. It's so difficult and hard. I just want to be loved." And then have that music play. It's just, oh. one of the two theme songs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Apparently, Andy Lau sings in one of them. Yeah, I didn't hear it in the movie, but doesn't mean it wasn't there. Because he is a singer. Andy Lau is a singer. Yeah, apparently. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> he's a so triple threat. Mo- <laughs> actor first, but yeah. He's a triple so threat. There's as well, so yeah, why not? He was looking very lean in this film, actually. Nobody wins the uh, fitness awards because nobody had their shirt off. But Andy Lau, he did have some minor guns out in the gun show. 
but uh, I thought he was looking a little bit kind of skinny. Maybe it's a seafood diet. <laughs> From Jing Su Dung, the action director of Hero, and legendary filmmaker Samuel Hung. Moon Warriors. <laughs> 